Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, we tell the story of Catherine Martinez, a 24-year-old woman who was brutally murdered in 2014 in Houston, Texas. Catherine had recently broke up with her abusive ex and was trying to start over with her two children, but her ex had other plans. On July 1, 2014, Catherine's ex walked into a police station and told police he and Catherine had gotten into a fight. But when police arrived at Catherine's apartment, they found her dead. Her ex said it was a fight, but this wasn't a fight. It was a brutal murder. This is Catherine's story. If you don't already know, victims of domestic violence are often the most at risk once they leave an abusive partner. The loss of control the abuser feels when someone leaves them can often escalate the violence. That's why it's important not to judge people in these situations. There are so many layers that affect their decisions to stay or to leave. Domestic violence doesn't just look a certain way, and it doesn't only happen to a certain kind of person. The story of what happened to Catherine Martinez is a tragedy that tore her family apart. She was so young and full of life. She was the mother of two boys and an aspiring fitness model who was well on her way to being very successful. But her success was cut short by a man who just could not let go. When Catherine met him, she thought that he would change her life, and instead, He took her life. According to Catherine's sister, she was always a very ambitious person and was the kind of person who did whatever she put her mind to. Catherine had a passion for fitness. She was a certified fitness instructor. And her love for fitness and her beauty led her into the world of fitness modeling. Now, you can see from her pictures that Catherine was in amazing shape and she studied to be a boxer too. She was very, very serious about her craft and even participated in some bodybuilding competitions, which she even won a few of. For a young woman, she was quickly finding a lot of success. However, when Catherine met a man named Russell Neal, according to her mother, Mary Figueroa, that is when everything in Catherine's life changed and not for the better. Now, the details of how or when Catherine met Russell are unclear, but according to her family, Catherine was immediately enamored by this man. Now, the name Russell Neal may be familiar to some people. 
Now, there's no relation to Jackie Neal, who was a singer whose story we covered on episode 39 of the podcast. Although there are some people that think they are related, they're not. Now, Russell Neal was a member of the 90s group High Five. The group had a mega hit single, I Like The Way. Now, I would sing it for you guys, but then you would stop listening. But the song was a number one on the charts, and they were able to capitalize on the popularity of boy groups that had taken over the airways in the early 90s. Russell and his fellow group members were really successful, and they had several hits in the 90s. And when the group started, Russell was just 16 years old, but he was known as Cool Russ. The group's former manager told Crime Watch Daily that Russell was known for keeping his cool and never getting angry. But as time went on, Russell decided that he really wanted to have a more significant role in the group. However, the record execs at the label the group was signed to didn't agree with Russell. They did not think that it was a good fit for Russell to be a lead singer. So Russell decided to leave the group and try to go solo, but he was never able to get his solo career off the ground and was unable to duplicate the success he had found with High Five. So by the time he met Catherine 20 years later, he was far away from the successful pop star that he was in the 90s. Russell, however, was still milking his fame and used it to impress women like Catherine. The only problem was, according to Catherine's family, by the time she met him, he was broke broke. Now, Catherine, however, was smitten with Russell. He was 20 years older than her, and she was a young woman, so the older man who used to be a part of the successful group was impressive for her. Russell also told Catherine that he had money, which, at the beginning, she believed. That's not hard to imagine how Catherine, at such a young age, could have been fooled by this handsome older man. But Catherine's family, however, knew from the beginning that something was off about Russell— Her sisters told Crime Watch Daily that Russell came off very cocky and that she could just tell that he wasn't everything that he claimed to be. Catherine's sister Emmy tried to tell her sister that Russell was popular 20 years ago, not now, and she didn't believe that he had all this money like he claimed. But Catherine really liked Russell. Her family said at the beginning of her relationship, she would brag about Russell all the time, and it was clear that Catherine liked being connected to someone who at least used to be famous. Now, there may have even been a part of her that thought perhaps that he could connect her with people that could help her with her fitness and her modeling career. Despite Catherine's family's reservations about Russell, the couple continued to see each other, and eventually, Catherine had two children. Catherine was a great mother, and her life very much was about her children and providing a good life for them. However, her relationship with Russell had changed, and by the time the children were born, It was clear that Russell didn't have any money, nor did it seem like he was trying to make any money to help support his family. And so that left Catherine with the responsibility of being the breadwinner. Catherine, luckily, had her own business as a fitness instructor, although, you know, that she had that along with her modeling gigs. And so she was able to earn enough income to take care of herself and her children. But Her relationship with Russell had been deteriorating, and the financial strain that was being caused by Russell was not the only issue in their relationship, nor was it the biggest. According to Catherine's family, Russell was allegedly abusive to Catherine. They said Catherine would come over with bruises and scratches that she would unsuccessfully try to cover up with makeup, but her family knew what was going on. They begged Catherine to leave Russell alone, but... Catherine, a victim of abuse, made excuses for Russell, defending him, saying that he was a good father. Russell was also very charming, 
Like a lot of abusers, he would apologize to her and promise to never do it again. And for a while, it would work. Catherine clearly wanted to keep her family together. She wanted to make her relationship with Russell work, and despite the abuse, she didn't want to leave him. But eventually, however, Catherine got to a point that after several years, she could no longer deal with Russell and no longer wanted to be with him. Catherine had made the decision that she was finally done and she wanted to focus on her children and her business. Catherine was so young and so she had so much life to live. Her relationship with Russell had only lasted a few years and so there was plenty of time for the young mother to start over. And so that's what she did. Well, at least tried to do. She enrolled her sons in a new private school and they began new routines. According to her sister, Catherine would make breakfasts and special lunches for the kids every day. Her sister said that you could tell how organized Catherine was by the way she laid out her days for her and the boys. Her children's success was very much a priority for her, and she organized her life so that she could inspire their success. Russell, however, wasn't completely out of the picture. He was the boy's father, and Catherine had always claimed that Russell was a good father. He was also trying to woo Catherine back. He was making the same old promises about changing and wanting his family back. But it seems like at that point, Catherine really had had enough of Russell and was simply ready to move on. On June 28, 2014, Catherine had gone over to her mom's house where she visited with her and her sisters for a little while. Her mom, Mary, recalled to Crime Watch Daily how something seemed off about Catherine that day. You know, moms can usually sense that something is wrong and Catherine never mentioned what it was or said anything specific, but Mary just felt like something was wrong. She just had no idea what. She also had no idea that her visit with Catherine that weekend would be the last time that she would see her daughter alive. The next day, no one had spoken to Catherine. She had not called anyone, and it's not clear whether anyone had tried to call her. But when that Tuesday rolled around and Catherine did not show up for the gym that she frequented to meet her gym partner, they immediately became worried. It was something that Catherine was not going to do. If it was anything that she was going to show up for, it was going to be the gym. So it was definitely not like her to not show up and then also not be answering the phone. Unfortunately, by the time anyone figured out that Catherine was missing, she was already dead. On July 1st, 2014, Russell Neal very calmly walked into a Houston police station and told the officers that he had gotten into a fight with his wife and that she might need medical attention. Now, several news articles refer to Catherine as Russell's wife. However, I'm not sure whether they were actually married, and I couldn't find any information that could confirm this one way or the other. But all Russell would say to the police at that time was that he and Catherine had gotten into a fight and that she needed medical attention. And then he refused to say anything else and then asked for a lawyer. Paramedics immediately went to the apartment where Catherine had been living. And inside, they found a gruesome scene. Catherine didn't need medical attention. She was dead and had been for several days. She had been beaten and stabbed. Her mother, Mary, said that Russell had beaten Catherine so badly that she could not even recognize her. This was beyond a fight. It was a brutal attack on a young woman. It wasn't an accident. Russell wanted to kill Catherine, and so he did, in the most brutal way possible. 
her sister said that it was overkill. And that's exactly what it was. And to make this tragedy even more disgusting and heartbreaking, Catherine's two sons had been in the apartment the entire time, locked in a room, while their mother's body lay in another room. For at least two days, they had been locked in their home, and their father knew that the whole time that they were there and said nothing. He didn't even mention that the children were there when he went to the police station. Now, once police find Catherine's body, they arrest Russell Neal and charge him with first-degree murder. But he's given a $100,000 bond, which he makes, and he was released from police custody. Catherine's family was livid. Russell Neal had just brutally murdered their daughter and sister, and he was being given a bail? How in the world could that even be possible? But to make it even worse, Catherine's children had been given to Russell's family, and so Russell would now have access to his children again, after leaving them in an apartment for days with their dead mother's body. And it wasn't just Russell that Catherine's family was worried about. There were questions about the entire Neal family, because Russell wasn't the first or only son who murdered their spouse. In 2014, Russell Neal walked into Houston police station and confessed to getting into a fight with his ex and the mother of his children, Catherine Martinez. But he failed to mention that he had stabbed her and beaten her to death. He also failed to tell police that his young children had been left in the home alone. Russell, however, wasn't the only Neal brother who had committed a vicious murder. Six years earlier, in an eerily similar story, his brother Ronald Neal brutally murdered his estranged wife, Stefani Neal. Ronald and Stefani had met in middle school, but like Russell, Stefani's family wasn't much of a fan of Ronald. He was cocky, and he seemed to think that he was somebody because his brother Russell was famous. Up until the point that the couple got married, Stefani's family could not understand what she saw in Ronald. They felt like she could do so much better than him. But Stefani said that she loved Ronald, and so despite her family's reservations, Stefani and Ronald got married. They wed in February 2007, but within months of their marriage, things in their relationship started to take a turn. Stefani was the only one in the marriage working. Ronald's mother had been paying his way, but he refused to work, leaving all of the responsibility of paying bills and taking care of the children to Stefani. He also started to be abusive to Stefani. Stefani would confess to her siblings that Ronald was physically abusing her. He was locking her in closets and beating her with belt buckles. Like Catherine, Stefani used makeup to try to hide her bruises, but her family knew why. The woman who rarely ever wore makeup all of a sudden was wearing it all the time. The relationship had been a nightmare for Stefani, and in 2007, she had finally had enough. In late 2007, fueled by alcohol and cocaine, Ronald Neal attacked his wife. According to reports, that night, Ronald got on top of Stefani, straddled her, and then sprayed disinfectant in her face. Stefani managed to escape the attack and call 911, and Ronald was arrested and charged with assault. But it was the last straw for Stefani. She filed for divorce shortly after the assault. Ronald, however, was not going to allow Stefani to just leave him. Now, after she initially filed for divorce, Ronald did move out of the home and took some of his personal belongings with him. But he told Stefani's brother that the divorce was not going to be easy. Now, her brother, of course, at the time, had no way of knowing exactly what Ronald meant when he said that. 
On June 5th, 2008, the divorce between Stefani and Ronald was finalized. Married only 16 months, their marriage had become abusive and Stefani was afraid of Ronald. That morning, Stefani's cousin said that she received a call from Ronald telling her to get her dress ready because he was getting ready to kill Stefani. But Ronald wasn't just letting off steam. He was fully prepared to kill Stefani. Now, early that morning, 911 received a call from Stefani's terrified 10-year-old son. He tells police that his stepdad has just broken into their house and dragged his mom into her bedroom. He tells the 911 operator that his mom is saying, please, Ronald, don't hurt me. Now, as her son begs for the police to hurry and come to the house, you can hear Stefani screaming for her life before the call cuts off. Police arrived quickly to the home in Arlington, Texas, but by the time they arrived, Ronald had already shot Stefani three times and she was dying. Ronald refused to come out or let police come into the home, and so a standoff began. Stefani's brother called Ronald while he was inside the home, and he asked him what he did to his sister, and Ronald told him that he shot her. Her brother asked if he was going to let the paramedics come in so that he could help her, but Ronald refused. For two hours, he held Stefani inside the house while she bled to death. He had even shot at police when they tried to enter the residence. Now, the children were somehow able to escape, and so they were physically unharmed. SWAT officers are eventually able to storm the home once Ronald runs out of bullets and he's arrested. Medics tried to render aid to Savani, but it was too late. The 30-year-old mother of two was dead. 20 minutes after her divorce was finalized in the county court, Ronald murdered Stefani. Ronald was charged with first-degree murder, but he initially tried to plead insanity, claiming that he was out of his mind and that this was a crime of passion. However, he must have realized that that was an insufficient defense, and so he decided to plead guilty. He was sentenced to 80 years, which is a sentence that Stefani's family felt was not enough. Ronald Neal murdered his ex-wife while her children were home, and then six years later, his older brother Russell did the exact same thing. Russell would also pull a page from his brother's playbook by trying to create an insanity defense. Now, after Catherine's murder, custody of her children were given to Russell's parents. The problem was that Russell was being allowed to come and see the children at his mother's house. Catherine's family was very angry that not only was her murderer out on bond, but he was now being able to be in the same house with the boy whose mother he had just murdered. Now, CPS would eventually remove the children from Russell's parents after learning that his mother was allowing him to come to the home and spend time with them. And they were removed and given to Catherine's family. But as investigators looked deeper into Catherine's murders, new details began to emerge and Russell's bail was revoked. Two months after he committed the murder, Russell was taken back into police custody to await trial. However, Russell decided to take his own try at the insanity defense. And while he was in jail, he began to tell people that he no longer answered to Russell. He was now to be called Jesus Christ. There had been no information about Russell having a history of mental illness, especially not the kind that came with psychotic delusions. So for him to now be so insane that he thinks he's Jesus Christ just didn't add up. And 
Catherine's family wasn't buying it. They said that he was just playing crazy in order to avoid going to trial. Now, Russell was sent to Rusk State Hospital, where he was kept for a year being evaluated. But whether it was an act or not, the doctors believed him, and he was deemed incompetent to stand trial. Prosecutors, however, agreed with Catherine's family, and they aren't buying the insanity defense either. They refused to drop the charges. Now, the only information that I could find, however, says that the last competency hearing was in 2017, where he was again found incompetent to stand trial. And Catherine's family is still awaiting justice. Russell being deemed incompetent to stand trial has delayed justice for them, and so all they can do is wait. The fact that two brothers committed very similar crimes involving women they were in relationships with is insane. They were both abusive, and when they were rejected, they both committed heinous murders. Catherine was trying to start her life over. Stervani had only been married 16 months, and they both met monsters who abused them and then murdered them. It's horrific. They also left behind traumatized children who were all in the homes at the time that their mothers were killed. As far as I can tell, Russell Neal is still in a state hospital while his brother Ronald is in prison in Texas. It's hard to understand how two men that are brothers could cause this much pain and suffering to this many people. Obsession and control led to four children being left without their mothers. The Crime Watch Daily attempted to reach out to Russell and Ronald's parents to hear their thoughts about what happened to their sons, but they declined. I can imagine that it's hard to talk about both of your sons being murderers. I mean, is it nature or is it nurture? Well, either one, it's a hell of a coincidence. Catherine Martinez was 24 years old when she was murdered. She really did have a full life ahead of her. She was on her way to being a successful fitness model and fitness instructor and raising her sons the right way. And she got involved with a monster. And she was just trying to get away, and he wasn't going to let that happen. Let's be real. By the time Russell met Catherine, he was a loser, and she had been the person taking care of him. He, at 40, didn't want to have to find someone else to manipulate, and so he tried to hold on to Catherine until he couldn't hold on any longer. And then he killed her. It's not clear how long it will take for Catherine Martinez's family to get justice, but at least Russell is off the street and unable to hurt anyone else. And his children also don't have to deal with him and add to their trauma. Both of these women deserved better. And despite the tragedy of their deaths, they were more than the victims of these two men. I hope their families have found some peace. May Catherine Martinez and Stevani McGee Neal rest in peace. Murder on my mind
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.